joining me here on Blunt Business on CannabisRia.com. So glad to have you with us. On the program in 2021, we delved not too much, but we did take a, two, a couple of episodes to go and showcase NFTs, uh, DeFi, crypto, among other things, when it comes to decentralized uh, currency and other uh, value uh, currencies that are out there. And now we're going to go and delve more into NFTs and the area of the metaverse, which has now been a hot button topic that's been brought up for the start of the, the year. Thanks to, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and creating Meta as a new uh, company name for Facebook. Now the metaverse is becoming brought into the place. When you think about the fact that, you know, I always look at it for me as kind of like how the cinematic universes work for like superheroes and things like that, where it's like different dimensions, different, you know, other worlds that are out there. It's the same idea here in this kind of setup. So my next guest runs the original NFT collection and metaverse community for crypto and cannabis enthusiasts. And he has on to talk about the launch of the first ever NFT powered cannabis brand. I'm here with the CEO of crypto cannabis club, Ryan Hunter here on Blunt business. Thanks for being one with me, Ryan. Hey, Brasco. Thanks so much for having me on today. Really excited to be here. Let's jump into it. So the Crypto Cannabis Club is a groundbreaking new community that forms the intersection of cannabis, crypto, and the metaverse. And your rapidly growing global community includes digital art aficionados, high-frequency cannabis customers, consumers, and crypto enthusiasts. And this past November, you launched real-world benefits for holders of your NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and the CCC, which we'll refer to Crypto Cannabis Club throughout the show, has already announced partnerships, excuse me, with leading cannabis brands, including Heisman, Old Pal, Dr. Dabber, we know them very well, King Palm, Higher Standards, Vibes Papers, and Marley Naturals. This formation of this club and this ambitious venture, go ahead and expand on how this all came about. Great. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks so much, Brasco. You know, I, I think the the initial way that it started was as an nft collection we launched the crypto cannabis club uh, collection of 10,000 nfts in early august of last year uh, the first collection that we launched is called nf tokers their characters they look like stoners they they <laughs> kind of have a, a heady vibe to them and and really you know, we're very proud of the artwork too. The the artwork is is super cool, uh, and then the characters themselves are have some depth. They're somewhat three dimensional, and the idea is there is for them to be avatars for their owners in the metaverse. Uh, and so that's been an active part of what we're working on. We own two metaverse properties, and we're developing those. We're also developing an NFT based game that the owners of our uh, NFT collection can play. And then as you noted, uh, we've been forming a lot of partnerships with both cannabis product brands, as well as cannabis accessory brands to provide the owners of our NFTs with additional incentives and, and discounts. So it's a great way to reward them for being a part of our community. And it also helps to create really important connections with those brands and some with some of the most highest frequency cannabis purchasers that are out there. Um, so that's what we've started with. And then, as you uh, mentioned, uh, last week, we announced that we are launching our own cannabis brand. And that will help us to form real life co connections with cannabis consumers who maybe aren't yet a part of the metaverse or aren't yet a part of our community. 
Um, it also gives us an opportunity to provide really premium cannabis at a significant discount to the members of our community that, that own one of our NFTs. They'll be able to purchase product that will be priced at retail for $50 at a price of $35, a 30% discount. So we're really excited about that. And then the profits from the cannabis brand will be reinvested. Our ultimate goal is to get that discount as close to 100% as the law will allow. So free pot if you own one of our NFTs. Amazing. The earliest notices I had about NFTs when it came to the cannabis industry was during MJ Biz. Uh, we actually, during our coverage of MJ Biz, we actually had a couple of different companies that were definitely delving into that. Uh, there was eight strains and Califari to mention and what they were going in with this. Now, I know that even before this, I remember we used to talk to several guests that were doing tokens. They were doing coins. They were trying to go into that route without even going to the actual mining uh, aspect and to where we've gone to date, you know, but it, really, I haven't seen enough out there, enough companies that are really kind of getting themselves involved in this part of the space. Uh, what can you tell me about how this, we know that part of it is because Bitcoin and blockchain technologies are really helpful in terms of banking and financial areas because of the, the hindrances we have right now without a safe banking act being passed without having actual financial release that where the government gives us, you know, the leisure to go and build a bank and finance and invest as we want. So we have to go into an alternate area to go and do this. What I want to find out from you is, you know, by putting this club together, I mean, how ready is the cannabis industry to go ahead and take on all these different areas when it comes to the metaverse and anything Bitcoin and blockchain right now, anything crypto? Yeah, that's a great question, Brasco. You know, I, I think you kind of have to look at it uh, in, in at least maybe maybe more, but at least two different areas. So on the one side, I would say are the NFTs, which, which we have been discussing. Uh, and at least the way that we're approaching it is we're starting by building a community. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And then following that by building a cannabis brand that that community will appreciate. They get to vote on the strains. They get to vote on the artwork for the packaging. And we're excited about that to, to, to have that be a part of our community. On the other hand, it, you know, that's, that's one of the goals that lots of brands have. You launch a brand, create great products. Somebody like Kalafari, who has amazing artwork involved with their packaging, um, this could also be an interesting approach for them. They can develop their own communities or they could work with us to address 
the largest community of crypto and cannabis enthusiasts that's out there currently. So we look at it that way. I mean, we're definitely excited to support other cannabis uh, collections and and efforts uh, to develop NFT collections around cannabis, uh, but I, I think we're just starting. You know, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how other brands uh, work with this medium, and it, it is a medium for artwork, and and I'm excited to see how that will evolve. On now, the other you, hand, oh, go ahead, you know, yeah, please, yeah. On, I was just going to, you know, address the the the, the other side uh, as it relates to blockchain technologies, and so there, I think, you know, we've started to see uh, payment solutions for dispensary operators that are based on cryptocurrency, so they can accept, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and some of the more popular cryptocurrencies uh, for product purchases. So we're starting to see that out there. Um, beyond that, I think it'll take a while for blockchain technologies to get adopted into the cannabis industry. When you think about it, mostly the, the cannabis industry is comprised of relatively small organizations. There's definitely some big uh, heavyweights out there, but even the larger companies, they don't necessarily have a team of, of developers on staff that could work with blockchain technologies to develop, uh, you know, process management or IT solutions uh, for their own organization. So there's a limitation there. In addition to that, if you talk to anybody who's involved in Web3 or crypto, there aren't a lot of folks out there today who have that level of expertise. So Web3 and crypto developers are, are hard to come by. And so for that reason, I don't see a lot of technological innovation in the category, at least as it relates to the cannabis industry. And then finally, when you think about the the software vendors that are already providing solutions to cannabis industry operators and think about, you know, maybe one of the ideal applications for the blockchain might be in a track and trace system. Well, the software vendors that already have offerings in that, in that space for the cannabis industry really have developed a loop systems. They're, they're not open. They're not really designed to be open. And it, it's not really... Uh, clear to me that they would adopt blockchain technologies uh, as a part of their solutions for that reason. So, you know, I think on the payment side, we'll continue to see adoption for cryptocurrencies. I don't see a, a lot of adoption in the near term around blockchain technologies as an enabling technology, uh, but that could definitely come in the future. And it's got to be tough for those to try to understand how to adopt into it how to access it, what kind of resources they need. And there's a lot to be asked about it. So it's great that you're offering this kind of solution so that people can just find it in one place and get a good understanding. Now, CCC is becoming the first NFT collection to provide its members with a real-world cannabis product. And this, to do this, you partner with Camp Nova to provide California cannabis consumers with premium packaged cannabis flower hand-selected by the club. And all the products are available to legal cannabis consumers in California, but will be offered at a discount to members of the Crypto Cannabis Club who own an NF Toker NFT. And the products will be initially available in eighth ounce packages of premium cannabis flower featuring custom artwork from the CCC. Three packages out of the total production run will include an NFT Toker NFT currently valued now at $600 each. That's, you know, the, and I kind of really guess I can never understand the pricing behind it. Like I'm it's I've always been kind of trying to wrap my head around 
where I understand crypto much like a currency, like a gold or a silver as a precious metal. That's how I understand it. And that was enough for me from a previous guest we had on to maybe invest into Bitcoin and Ethereum, which I've cashed a, lot, a little bit out of. You know, I have some sitting right now and about 10% of my investment is in it. And But right now, of course, with everything else going on in the economy, precious metals took a dive. Uh, cryptocurrency also took a dive with it. So it's interesting how that pricing goes along. But then your NFTs, I've been hearing about how they're much more valuable as a commodity compared to precious metals or crypto. Why is that? And you know, talk to me about why, why the, the value is such a difference right now. Yeah, it's, it, it's a really great question, Brasco. It's something that we're watching really closely, as, as you would expect. Our uh, NFTs are on the Ethereum blockchain and, and ETH is used to purchase the NFTs. And I think what, what has really started to happen is uh, NFTs themselves, in some ways, have become a notional store of value uh, for people and, and so I think you see two sides of it. On the one hand, you know, there, there have always been folks who are into collectibles, whether it's a baseball card or uh, beer bottles or, you know, print art uh, that's, that's illustrated. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a range of things out there that, that you couldn't begin to list of things that people collect. So that's part of our culture. Uh, and it always has been. And this, uh, the technology, the blockchain technology enables digital art to now be collected in a meaningful way. And I think that's really what we're starting to see where, you know, as you said, precious metals historically have been seen as a store of, of value. It's not something that you could, you know, go in and, and buy can't bring a gold brick into a target and buy right. clothes with it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so then, you know, Bitcoin over the last, uh, you know, five to 10 years has started to become attractive to people for that same reason. They see it as uh, a different construct to hold value, but it's still very notional, very conceptual, very abstract. But then when you all of a sudden have uh, a piece of, of digital art, if you will, a digital collectible that has a market priced value on, a, on an open trading market, these are bought and sold at high, relatively high frequencies and the prices are listed and published and, and people can really get their heads around that, I think. I think it's it's more of a construct than it is abstract in the way that that some of the cryptocurrencies can be. So that's what I really see here is people are starting to recognize that this artwork in the same way that real, real world artwork uh, holds and retains and increases in value, they're seeing that same thing with NFTs. It's amazing. I Now, I, I'm going to uncover a little bit about myself. Look, it's not like I need to do it, okay, before I preface this, but I like to moonlight as an Uber driver. And I live in uh, I live right near to Palm Beach, the island of Palm Beach, Florida, right? It's amazing right now in South Florida that the NFT market is hot because I'll have certain passengers that I can over, I'm eavesdropping because they're talking literally in the car right behind me, talking about how they are selling NFTs right now at such an amazing rate sotheby's now has its own nft marketplace they launched it this past october and you go to you have eventually here like art basel or there was a one that was recently there was a thing that bloomberg reported about 
um, the Moto Club having ninety five thousand dollars in NFT sales at the Barrett Jackson uh, collect your car auction. I mean, th- there's money to be out there, and it's a, that's where the money is. It's amazing to see those kind of things going on. And what can you tell me that distinguishes what maybe a Sotheby's is selling as an NFT to what you're offering as an NFT? Well, you, you know, I think the the difference is uh, just in in the the overall perception and awareness of the collection, the collections that the the larger auction houses are selling are the the most uh, prominent, the most popular NFTs, and and you see them in the news, the Board Ape Yacht Club, CryptoPunks, uh, and and the like, and so. You know, I, I think that if you look at the growth compared to where we were a year ago, NFTs, I think, you know, I, I, you know the, the total value that was, uh, transactioned, was tra- transacted was in the hundreds of millions. And we're already in the billions of dollars as we start out one month into 2022. Yeah. So I think that really what, what we're seeing here is momentum. Uh, and appreciation by the public, and and that is going to continue to grow. So the the collections that are available through these major auction houses are the ones that have already achieved this sort of elite status. You hear Justin Bieber bought uh, a board ape for I think a million dollars or something the other day, and Eminem, Kevin Hart, and other celebrities have also gotten uh, involved with that collection. So they're getting a lot of notoriety. Uh, so I guess what, where I would differentiate us is certainly uh, we haven't reached that stage yet and, and we're early days, but we have really an incredible community that's coming together and a lot of value added utility that we're providing to the people that own our NFTs. And that's just going to continue to grow. So I would look at it maybe from, you know, if you're thinking about it financially, maybe look at it as a portfolio uh, approach where you might own in your collection more established NFTs. And if you're collecting them for the financial value of them, then you might want to uh, add a little more risk and, and add an up and coming uh, uh, asset to your collection if you're, if you're thinking about it that way. So I think that's how I would uh, compare it. Right. And I'll tell you, it's, uh, well, the celebrity status helps a lot. Because if you have these celebrities that are buying, they are using them as investments. Plus, they add value intrinsically just because of the name brand of them alone to create more value to that. Um, the one thing I want to ask you before we go to break, because I don't want to get into a conversation about blockchain and cannabis and the technology, which you did preface as well when we were talking before. If the auction houses like a Sotheby's or Lloyd's Leonard, whatever, if you're starting to see NFTs coming to that, now you're offering the NFTs now as part of product, but does it get to a point where you'll have NFTs that might be something you'll do as an auction platform? Would that be something that might be a potential idea that your club might have down the line? Well, our, our NFTs are already uh, being sold on the open sea secondary market. So that they've, they were launched uh, at the beginning of August of last year and they're actively traded on the marketplace. Um, so that's that's already happening. The NFTs that will be included with our cannabis product, uh, what we've said is we're going to have three, think of like Willy Wonka's golden ticket, 
three of the packages <laughs> will have a golden ticket in them that can be exchanged for one of the NFTs that's actively trading. And that's what I think you mentioned earlier, we're, we're seeing those trading around uh, $800 at a minimum, some of them going for thousands of dollars already. Uh, so those are the ones that will be distributed as a, as a prize, if you will, in the, okay. in the cannabis packaging, but you can already buy and sell them on, on open today. So that's, I was wondering uh, what the platform was. So it is kind of like an auction house. See, that's how I need the, <clears throat> the correlation because I'm trying yeah. to figure out, they say it's a marketplace, but it's like, it's kind of like an auction house. It really is. It's our, our gallery. It's like that same for me. I need that kind of like that real world uh, correlation for me to understand all this. And I appreciate you giving me that now. Now I see where you're coming from. We're open sea, which is quite prominent. And again, you have a, an open sea site for that open slash collection slash crypto cannabis club. For those that want to take a look there and see what you have. Take a look at that when we go to break, because right now we're going to go ahead and step away. We're going to talk about blockchain and Bitcoin technology and what is really the benefit for cannabis businesses, not just even just the financial transactions, which we talked about, payment processing. There's much more. And I'm going to continue that conversation with the CEO of Crypto Cannabis Club, Ryan Hunter, here on Blunt Business after a short break. Are you looking for a cannabis-related real estate loan and running into a brick wall? Getting a loan done for a large cannabis cultivation, production, or distribution property used to be hard. Not anymore. At CFG, we get the job done for you fast and easy. Our minimum loan size is $5 million, and we can go all the way up to $100 million or more. We finance outdoor grow operations, greenhouse grows, indoor grow facilities, processing, labs, distribution facilities, and more. So if you are looking for a large cannabis real estate related loan for any part of your operation, CFG can help fast and easy and at competitive interest rates and terms. So give us a call now at 408-661-5084 or email us at cannabis at cfgfunds.com. We'll get it done for you fast. I'm here with Ryan Hunter, CEO of Crypto Cannabis Club here on Blunt Business. Ryan, I want to go and talk to you about a story from newsbtc.com. They reported this, quote, blockchain and cannabis have one thing in common. They are both disruptive developments, changing how people do business worldwide, particularly in the U.S. When it comes to legal cannabis producers, blockchain has the potential to completely transform an industry that has been hampered by shockingly slow development trajectory, resulting in increased revenues in the future. They go on to say cannabis businesses have an advantage over other companies attempting to implement blockchain technology and have stringent traceability requirements because the legal market is relatively new. Cannabis businesses are more modern, making it easier to integrate a solution like a blockchain into your, their workflow. What do you say about that? You know, I, I have to disagree respectfully. Like <laughs> I, uh, I had mentioned earlier in the conversation, I, I don't think that cannabis businesses really have the resources to implement blockchain technology as a part of their business. You know, as I said, I think payment solutions are being adopted and, and right. that's very encouraging. But when you think about the resources that most cannabis businesses have, they don't have a team of developers. And as I said, it's difficult for me to uh, think of what the, what the application 
might be for blockchain technologies outside of the track and trace systems that are already broadly available in the market and are operating as closed loop systems, which I think is you know the desire of of the the software publishers. I don't necessarily think they want them uh, to be open and on the blockchain. So so for me, I don't I don't necessarily see much of an opportunity around blockchain in the cannabis industry. Uh, from from that perspective, as a as a IT or systems solution. But if you had developers in house, the same idea where people were trying to understand digital marketing and understand SEO affiliate marketing and for tech, you could try to outsource all you want. But if you really want to be involved, you need to bring some developers in house that could craft and innovate new ideas. Uh, I mean, if that was something a cannabis business wanted to do. Um, what will be the benefit of the developer coming in? I mean, what what would be some ideas that, you know, if you had a developer in-house, what would you think would be some of the questions that you'd want to ask? What are, what are the, the answers you're looking to seek? What solutions are you looking for? You know, I, I think in general, a lot of the industry is still running on Excel and spreadsheets. And yeah. I think mostly what the industry needs are alternatives to that financial systems, uh, supply chain management, enterprise resource planning systems, process management solutions. And those types of solutions are uh, mature in other industries and other categories. And once cannabis is legalized, I think we'll see some of those transitioning into the market. There are already software providers that provide those types of systems specifically for, for cannabis businesses. Um, so I think mostly what, what uh, businesses would do would be to adopt those systems. I, I see very little custom software development happening in the cannabis industry currently, and I don't expect that that's going to change in the near term. Uh, well, what about now when you already have companies that are already, you know, they have shops, your virtual main street online on a centralized Internet. What about it for a decentralized Internet like a Web 3.0? Yeah, that's a different story. So I think that could be interesting. And, and, you know, you hear companies like Walmart developing metaverse properties. We yeah. certainly have uh, metaverse properties under development uh, in both Sandbox and CryptoVoxels, which are two of the most popular NFT-based metaverse. And, and our plans there definitely have a vision for enabling a dispensary-like experience. So imagine yourself in a virtual world, walking into a virtual dispensary and being able to order product that gets delivered to your house through a delivery service in the future. Now, that's compelling. And I do think that we'll start to see uh, that those types of experiences being developed by the larger cannabis operators, you know, the, the various MSOs or, you know, large dispensaries like Planet 13. It wouldn't surprise me if, if they had plans to uh, develop a metaverse experience. So I think there, uh, there really is some opportunity uh, for the cannabis industry. And I think uh, e-commerce in general will start to shift more to those virtual experiences. That's what companies like Walmart and uh, Facebook are counting on. Now, we spoke before the break about your NFT collection, NFT token. I want to broaden the scope on NFTs when it comes to cannabis altogether. Lexology did a 2022 forecast. And one of the things they wrote was cannabis NFTs will be a thing, although it raises an interesting question 
of whether cannabis is a commodity? I say yes. That's my opinion. A U.S.-based tobacco or alcohol beverages company will use an option-slash-convertible debt structure to place a major stake into a leading U.S.-based cannabis company. We've seen that right now. What do you think about those who will follow the same direction that CCC has initiated when it comes to using NFTs and really just using it as, you know, this commodity and where other companies might use different structures to bring more money in? Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, we're, we're hopeful that uh, lots of folks will join us. You know, we're really building a community, as I said, that is ideally going to span the metaverse and real world cannabis uh, and the real world cannabis community. So uh, the more that folks become aware of digital art and, and get to experience, I think uh, the more interested they're going to become in joining our community. So we think that as cannabis brands embrace digital art, it, it's going to be exciting. You know, I really think that authenticity is going to be the key to success here. So if folks are setting out to um, issue NFTs in the hopes of using it as a fundraising mechanism, I think it really is going to depend on how they launch those plans and how they target it. If it's transparently uh, meant to raise funding and, and is, is designed to appeal to the, the folks that are fans of their brands and their products, then I think that could be a successful approach for, for people. If uh, they are just looking at it as a cash grab, I think it's going to be harder. And I think it really, in all things cannabis, that authenticity is just so critical. And I think it will also be important here. Yep. And I can see where in that you, you said it right, the cash grab that people are going to try to think, well, this is just something we could just jump in on and jump out. This is something that was permanent. And people just need to understand this. Uh, you know, and also, I mean, cannabis compared to what we see right now in the music industry and some of the artists that are now using that as a commodity for their own, themselves to supplement their own work when they're, you know, fighting with the record labels are going to make money off of streaming or making money off their albums or tours and everything else. And the control they can have that entities gives them the freedom financially to do things like that. It's, there's a lot more to be said about it, but we can only cover so much in a 30 minute program. I want to go ahead and talk more about uh, a story from Motley Fool to talk about the massive potential of the NFT market. I want to talk about that here with Crypto Cannabis Club CEO Ryan Hunter on Blunt Business. Website for them is CryptoCannabisClub.com. Take a look at their website as we go to commercial. We'll be right back with final questions after this. Shuggies is very happy to announce that we're about to come out with our pourable agave. You've all come to love our individual stick packs of agave, but we have had people say that they'd like more flexibility with the product and a more consumer-friendly packaging. So look for Shuggies pourable agave with THC in a dispensary near you soon. That's Shuggies, S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S, at Shuggies.com. Delicious sugar, stevia, and agave now in home use vessels. Welcome back to Bloom Business. We're here with Ryan Hunter, CEO of Crypto Cannabis Club. Motley Fool recently reported the NFT market has the potential to be massive with just about anything being digitized, whether it's a tweet, a baseball card, or a piece of artwork. JP Morgan Chase estimates that each month these digital art items generate 
$2 billion in sales, five times the $400 million they were bringing at the start of 2021. It just is exponentiating. The top bank said also, quote, by creating marketplaces for illiquid assets, such as digital art, collectibles, music, gaming, and other assets, the NFT universe is surely said to continue to grow strongly over the coming years because it helps to solve the problem of injecting liquidity into naturally illiquid assets such as collectibles. According to estimates from Cointelegraph, NFT sales could hit a record $17.7 billion in 2021. That's what they projected. I guess that's about as close as they got to that. And as NFTs become more mainstream, they will become more liquid, making it easier to buy and sell them. We talk about OpenSea being one of those platforms as a marketplace for, you know, to buy and sell digital items. Of course, your collection is there. Talk to me about the opportunities for companies outside the industry to do what you're able to do now. What is the, is there any, uh, is there any ceiling on where NFTs can go? Where will we, when will we reach that ceiling? Do you think? And I mean, talk to me about what it's done for you in terms of, you know, the kind of value you've gotten buying and selling right now on a market like OpenSea. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And I think we're, we're such early days uh, in this category. The, the CryptoPunks is one of the most famous collections and arguably one of the most valuable collections that's out there. And I believe it's only about four years old. Old. So we're very early stages, and the numbers that you just quoted from uh, J.P. Morgan really illustrate that the the increase in volume just in the last year is when it's really uh, started to take off. So you know, I, I think this will likely follow the trajectory of of other assets in the past. I think we'll see uh, some some initial increases, and then I think over time uh, prices will start to settle in, and I think. The prices will be determined by the value that people place on the art in that collection, uh, on the community that surrounds the collection, and the experience that they have from owning one of those items. They all contribute to the value that goes into NFT ownership. So it's really difficult at this point to speculate on on where the limit could be. You're already seeing uh, some of these items trading for hundreds and millions of dollars. So clearly. Uh, it's early stages and we haven't reached a limit yet. So I would expect it even to go uh, beyond those numbers. Uh, but inevitably, there will be some correction in time and, and the market will adjust and stabilize as, as, it, as it should. And um, I think this is going to continue to be uh, a part of our culture uh, going forward. It's interesting. I, someone asked me the other day, isn't this just Beanie Babies? And I said, well, yeah, maybe, but take a trip over to eBay and you'll find hundreds of listings of Beanie Babies in 2022. And they're still trading for tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. 20 years after the heyday for Beanie Babies. So I think there's some longevity here. Um, I do think the liquidity is a very important element. One of our goals is to increase the number of folks uh, that are a part of our community and that own uh, one of our NFTs. That That's what really drives that liquidity. The more people that you have who are buying and, and selling uh, these collections. Um, and so I do think there's, uh, there's going to be longevity uh, around this category. Uh, in terms of the, the markets uh, that will trade on currently, OpenSea is the dominant market. Uh, later this year, Coinbase will 
uh, launch their own NFT marketplace. And there's been conversations about other platforms as well. Uh, we really follow our community. And so uh, as those marketplaces evolved, if, if that's where uh, the activity migrates, then then that's where we'll be as well. And we're excited uh, to see these marketplaces uh, spring up and hope that they will expand uh, the number of folks that are engaged in digital art collection overall. I want to ask this question. It's very important. And our audience should actually pay attention to this too. Because I always see every time it's disruptions. Disruptive technology and how established, you know, established businesses, established companies are not willing to pull the trigger fast enough on an emerging market that's going to be the next sector of great wealth and fortune. NFTs looks like that's what that's becoming. And people are always going to have that hesitation as to whether this is going to just kind of fade away. And then there's going to be a, over, a clutter of NFTs out there. And will that amount? really devalue some of the other products out there to where even a crypto punks collection might lose some of the value that it might had at one time. The question is, you know, what do you say to those that this is the time, this is the, the step, this is that next disruptive thing right now, this emerging market that is red hot. You're coming in early and you're going to have to go through the brunt of making sure that, you know, maybe not all the resources and not enough people are into this space yet willing to go make the investment. But you did. What would you tell those out there that would be hesitant right now? But more than ever, just like anything else, the next big thing is here. Time to jump on it now. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's a great question. And, and as I was saying earlier, I do think there's going to be longevity here. You know, the example I gave with with Beanie Babies, I think, highlights that that it's in our culture to collect things and. Uh, just like one person may appreciate uh, Monet and a different person may appreciate Jasper Johns as an artist and, and each of them might think the other is worthless. So I think yeah. part of this is inherent to the nature of collecting, inherent in the nature of, of art collecting and uh, value over time can be hard to predict. And so I would encourage people not necessarily to think of this as uh, an investment or a financial speculation, but really think of it as an art. Think about it as a piece of art that you want to own. Think about it as a community and whether or not you want to be a part of that community. And if you can find a, an entry point into that art collection that's at, at an attractive price that you can afford, I would encourage you to do that. And, and then to hang on, you know, certainly we'll see uh, price volatility as this as this category increases, there are definitely going to be ups and downs. But if you're if you're buying the digital art for the appreciation that you have for the artwork, for the appreciation that you have for the community, then I think you'll be happy with the outcome. Now, I would also say you have to do your research. You have to make sure that you're buying into a reputable collection because there are certainly uh, you know, scams and frauds out there. So definitely do some, some research. I think one thing that's important to look for is look at the history of the collection, how long has it been around, who's involved with it, and also how many people are currently uh, buying and selling and in, in owning 
uh, these collections. Because as we talked about earlier, liquidity and the number of people that are involved is, is really important for the longevity and the stability of, of that collection's value. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. And we can only see what the future holds for companies. I wouldn't even know the first way to get into it all, but all I can tell you is I'm here to bring the information to all of you. Website is CryptoCannabisClub.com to see the marketplace and see what's available to, uh, that's out there for folks. OpenSea.io slash collection slash Crypto Cannabis Club. Uh, any other things you want to go ahead and uh, tell our listeners real quick before we wrap things up, Ryan? No, thanks, Brasco. Appreciate you so much. I think if folks visit our website, they'll be able to also uh, find our Discord server, which is a very yeah. active online community. Yeah. Also, please follow us on Twitter at Crypto Canna Club. Uh, and then tonight and every Wednesday night at 7.30 Eastern time, 4.30 Pacific, we host a Twitter spaces. And we hope that you'll join us there to hear more about what we're up to. Fantastic. Well, anyway, thank you so much for being on with us. Really glad to have you on. And, uh, you know, anything else comes down the line, I hope you'll let us know about it. We can bring you back on. That'd be great. I'll look forward to that, Brasco. Thank we you. We have again. to keep this story going. This is an emerging market. We want to keep an eye out of here on Blunt Business. So we're glad to have Ryan Hunter, CEO of Crypto Cannabis Club, to join us on that. And thank you, listeners, for listening in, because obviously you're the backbone of this show. You're hearing this information, and we want you to disseminate it. Look at it for yourselves. Stay with a finger on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis right here on Blunt Business. We'll talk to you next time. Hopefully, this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.